0: Welcome to Real Talk for Real Teachers. I'm Dr. Becky Bailey, the creator of Conscious Discipline, an expert in education, child development, and a lifelong teacher and learner. For those listening who are not aware of Conscious Discipline, it is a comprehensive, self-regulation, brain-based, trauma-informed program that integrates three things, social-emotional learning, school culture, and discipline. Today, we're talking about Conscious Discipline International. Now, a lot of people say, where is the international headquarters of Conscious Discipline? And I'm happy to inform you, it's in Oviedo, Florida. You'll have to find that on the map if you can. Population 47,000. But Conscious Discipline is definitely working its way throughout our world. Just last week, I had the opportunity to talk with a teacher who had spent some time in Nairobi, Kenya, working with some children and teachers in a school there. And the video she shared with me about Mrs. Bookbinder showing up in Nairobi was indeed fascinating, exciting, and inspiring, and a little humorous at the same time. Last month, two of our certified Conscious Discipline instructors, Jonathan Eastman and Katja von Elbe, went to Palau and have been working with that country twice now and we'll be going back. So the whole country is excited about taking on conscious discipline. So with all that, we believe we're probably in about 47 countries at this point. And many people ask me in the United States, is conscious discipline culturally sensitive? And could it possibly work in this culture? Well, two basic principles allow me to answer that question confidently with Yes. One, conscious discipline is brain-based. That means the skills and strategies used come from our understanding of neuroscience. So as long as you've got a brain, we've got some helpful strategies for you. Secondly, conscious discipline is built on the power of unity. That means we are all in this together. It is our unity that supports, encourages, and allows for our individualization, our uniqueness to emerge and blossom from it. So we're not built on differences. We're built on our commonalities in order to let all that is unique about us and cultures emerge and shine. Finally, conscious discipline is not a prescriptive nor a step-by-step approach. Actually, people have called it a practice or a philosophy That helps us respond rather than react to life events. In this philosophy, there is lots of room for cultural tweaking. And one interesting thing happened a while back. This was done in Sri Lanka. And as the the tsunami came and kind of destroyed a lot of uh, Sri Lanka, we worked with them to rebuild a preschool. And they took conscious discipline to heart because they believed also we're all in this together and they made their safe place into a little temple because the temples are the places people go in this particular Buddhist culture. They go there for rest and rejuvenation and wisdom. And so they decided that their safe place in our classroom would be little baby temples. So you can tweak it however you want or however you like. Today I have the privilege of talking with Suwad Asalam, who is a social worker at my little school in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, join us. So welcome, and I'm here with Suad Al Salam, and Suad. So tell me a little about where you're from.
1: So I'm Palestinian, born in Jordan. Lived my first 13 years in Jordan. Moved to Montreal, Canada. Studied high school, university. Had my first work experience in Canada. Then in 2014, moved to Saudi Arabia.
0: Wow. So. What we're going to talk about today is your work in Saudi Arabia at my little school, right? It's my little school in Riyadh, correct? correct? So tell me about when you went there and your experience with conscious discipline. So a lot of people don't even know that there's a school in Riyadh using conscious discipline. I know you went to, we worked at another school in Saudi Arabia and then you came to conscious discipline. So start us there on your journey.
1: So when I first got hired at my little school, they, I went to Google their website, and it was saying that the school counselor and the whole school, they're applying conscious discipline. So I went and Googled conscious discipline. I'm like, wow, that's impossible, because I was living in that culture that we don't, uh, it's like always, okay, you need to get something, you need to get a lollipop, or you need to get a star. So just finding a school thinking differently, it was like very impressive. So I went to that interview and they asked me, do you have any background information about conscious discipline? I'm like, no, just what I Googled last night. But I really, really want to learn more and I really want that job. So it started from there, me being very impressive. So I got myself to the Conscious Discipline Summer Institute before I even started working at that school. And where and did you go to that? With Karen Heckman in On Missouri. In Missouri. In Missouri, in Missouri. Yeah. So that was a huge experience. It was lots of information. I was very excited and that was the first time I fell in love with Saudi Arabia. That was the first time, it was my third year living there, that I was excited to go back and start working there. So that was uh, really very positive for my personal life. So
0: living in Saudi Arabia was a little
1: challenging challenging
0: for you and then you went to CD1, you found this school that's using conscious discipline Mm -hmm. And that brought some excitement to go back to the school. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Okay.
1: Because I felt there's more v- similar to my values, like yes. something I, I'm willing to teach and apply and learn more. Um, so I started there. They already had conscious discipline set in place. We had an amazing principal, Selwan Mahmoud. She was giving trainings for all staff. She had everything set in place. So I was just continuing her work starting teaching Conscious Discipline lessons, and it was, even if I went to the Summer Institute, it was a continuous learning, it was Mm -hmm. not enough. Uh, So starting giving Conscious Discipline lessons to students uh, twice a month, going from the brain state to choices, empathy, uh, encouragement, all these lessons. And I never knew what would be the impact. I was doing it because it's my job, too. Yes. But just giving the lessons and see these students applying it, and it was just amazing. Like, I was just very impressed. Like, oh, it's working. Let's (laughs) continue. We can do more. So every time after I finished a lesson, I just realized, okay, we can do more because it is working. So it was very exciting. So
0: it built on itself. I mean, it's like you got the excitement from the kids getting to, to use a skill they might not have had. Yes. Now, you're a social worker, right? Yes,
1: I'm a social worker.
0: Okay. So go back a little bit now. Tell us about the schools in Saudi Arabia.
1: So I only have information about the wealthy private schools because these are the two schools I worked with. Uh, the first school I worked with, it's mainly boys mm-hmm. uh, from kindergarten till grade 12. And all of the schools, or most of the schools in Saudi Arabia are not mixed, are not allowed to have mixed students. Each school is allowed to have whatever curriculum they want. So my previous school, they were following the IB curriculum, Mm -hmm. International Baccalaureate Curriculum. My current schools, for the younger one, they're using the High Scope. Uh, So they're allowed to use international curriculums Mm -hmm. while respecting the country's expectations of having certain Arabic lessons and religion lessons as Mm -hmm. well. So mixing both cultures together. My current school, it's very uh, multicultural. We're teaching four languages. The main language is English. And then we have Arabic as a second language, French and Mandarin for the little one. Um, So we're really teaching and exposing children to so many languages and cultures.
0: Wow. So how do they respond to that? How do the little kids respond to that?
1: They, they are enjoying it. For me, it was like, there's no way they would teach learning Mandarin and French, but going to the concert and seeing them singing and very proud and happy singing and see the parents who does not understand a word being very proud of their children <laughs> singing in a different language. So that's, uh, that's fun. And it's the point, it's not only teaching language, but just being open to other cultures as well yeah. by learning other languages. So it's fun to see. So it,
0: at my little school, do the boys and girls mix or they stay separate or?
1: So we are we are mixed till uh, grade three mm-hmm. and then there's there's girls till grade six only. Yeah.
0: So tell us more about the school. So you go in and now you're teaching these lessons. So what is your actual role in the school?
1: So my actual role is like as to be the school counselors, uh, counseling students, uh, whoever have, we can do uh, long-term sessions with students who having bigger issues or uh, crisis interventions, lots of, but we're trying to focus more on prevention by having the lessons of conscious discipline, by teaching teachers, training teachers how to uh, to use the skills. I go to classes, so I try on a daily basis, or at least every second day, visit all classes. It's a small school and model. So I'm mm-hmm. sitting in class, and whatever happens, I give the teachers opportunity to try the skills. And if she gives me an eye contact, then I'll help her and, and do the skills in front of her and then let her uh, try in the future. So it's really modeling the skills inside classrooms, in recess time, in lunchtime. So I don't even enter my office till to take my bag at the end of the day. <laughs> because on the field, like really modeling and being yes. with the kids, because it's not about me sitting in an office and teaching a skill. Yeah. But when it happens, we need to be there and teach right.
0: them. Exactly. So now tell me about the parents. So this is wealthy parents. Very wealthy parents. And so the, you're having classes for nannies. So tell me, so will kids come to school, they often have a nanny, some nannies, four nannies. So I don't think we in the United States understand this concept.
1: So most children are raised by their nannies, or they spend most of their time with their nannies. So they, at their home, they have at least three, four nannies. They have a driver. They have private teachers. Uh, let's say most of them, not all. They come to school with the nannies, they drop them off, one or two nannies. In, in the past it used to be more nannies, so we put limits like it's maximum one or two nannies per child. Uh, they drop them off and they leave. Most of the time we're having a hard time to be in touch with parents, so we need to communicate with the nannies to give messages to the parents that's what's happening in school or if they want them to come to school. So the nanny is very important in the child's life. She's spending her whole day with, like the child is spending most of the day with the nannies. So when we started, uh, our principal started to give lessons, she said, we need to start with the nannies because they're spending more time with the nannies. That makes sense. And also nannies don't have permission to intervene. So let's say we see a kid hitting a nanny. They're really respecting the school rules with teachers and students, but they would hit the nanny inside our school. So try to intervene and encourage the nanny. No, you need to tell them that's hurtful. It hurts you. He have to stop. And then I would look at us like, no, I can't because I will be fired or I can't because mm-hmm. I have no say. I'm just a nanny. So then we, we got parents agree that we need to have a nanny training and then they need to sign a permission that once they have the trainings then the nannies are allowed to use the conscious discipline language with the children.
0: And they won't get fired.
1: Well, they gave us permission to let the nannies use the language, so yeah. which means, yes, they, they should not be fired, but we couldn't put that. Yes, uh,
0: for sure. So so let me see if I get this. So how would you have four nannies? What would four nannies do?
1: Um, so one of them would be responsible to feed, for closing, to make sure they arrive safe to class. Uh, one of them will be the head of arranging all the other nannies. nannies. Yeah, take uh, one of them will be responsible, not a nanny like at. uh like a teacher or coordinators to arrange the, all the after school activities or hire people for the after school activities.
0: So tell me about how you've reached out within this conscious discipline framework to get parents more involved. First thing you've done is got the parents to agree that the nannies
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, can intervene with their child and use conscious discipline language to help them with their skills.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So do you ever see the parents how did you get the parents yes
1: we do have we do have lots of parents we do have parents that we don't see at all we see once or twice a year and we do have parents who are more involved uh so we get lots of coffee mornings so in our coffee mornings we do lots of topics about conscious discipline uh, we do send a curriculum newsletter. So every month we send mm-hmm. an article about conscious discipline. We do have a blog, so when we let's say this this month we're focusing our assembly topics on assertiveness. So we send an invitation to parents that you're more than welcome to come and be in part of our assembly to watch assertiveness lessons. So that's a small way to give information. Mm-hmm. When there is a conflict happen with students, we invite parents in and we let them know that this is how we deal with it and this is how at home you can deal with it. And it's all about conscious discipline language. Because there is we have lots of parents encouraging children, if somebody hits you, you hit back. So we need to invite parents and explain to them why we're not using this language with them, why we're not encouraging hitting in the school or outside school. Um, so they're receptive most of them yes we do have they're very happy that's why they're having their children in school and they actually tells us when we're walking in a park and we see our birthday party we can differentiate which students graduated from your school or different school just from the language they're using just from the way they're problem solving so even parents who knows conscious discipline they know how to differentiate which students came to our school So it's really fun to
0: see. So they can watch their kids play with other kids. And, um, you know, the conscious, disciplined kids will say, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. When I don't get a turn, get off the swing or something. And the other kids would, what would the other kids be doing in that situation? It could be
1: fighting, hitting, trying to take the swing back, or say it's my turn and cry. It could be whatever other strategies yeah. they have.
0: Just like in the United States, yeah. So
1: so parents would tell us, in that birthday party, we knew that students. And we asked them, did you went to MLS? And like, yeah. So like, parents are really very excited about the language and the skills kids are learning. And, and they're asking us to continue because it stops at grade 6 and we're planning to... Uh, To continue grade seven and eight. Also, so ultimately you're
0: adding grades all the way through. Mm -hmm. Now, are the who are these parents? Are they uh, they're certainly part of the upper crust Mm -hmm. in Riyadh. So who would that be?
1: So we have lots of loyal families, like princesses and prince. Uh, We have lots of people who works at the embassy. So the embassy would send their staff kids to our Mm -hmm. schools, uh, which make it multicultural too. Or Children of very important people who have very important positions in, in Riyadh. Yes. Let's say the child of the Ministry of Education, the child of the Ministry of right. Affairs. and So
0: because that's a different approach mm-hmm. in Saudi Arabia, would you say it's a different approach than typical? Yes, than, than and what they are doing. Yeah. But you're not finding any resistance. We do a lot. Okay, so tell me about the resistance. It's just
1: we need to accept that they're resisting and take baby steps with them. So we really tell the parents, okay, outside the school you are encouraging your child to head at least at school, let's, let's at least agree that in school, this is the language we will use with them. And we start with baby step, and they start to, you see, and like, oh, but my child will not we'll put their eyes down. I'm telling them, No, but we're teaching them their big voice. We're teaching them to have eye contact. We're teaching them to, to be assertive and have empathy to others. So we're telling parents we're not taking the skills and telling him don't hit and uh, have nothing else. But this is like really baby steps, and by the parents seeing the difference in their child. So the first meeting, it will not be that don't tell your child this. It will be, okay, at school, this is what we're doing. At school, uh, we're practicing the big voice. At school, we're practicing to have empathy for other children. So when they see how their kids are acting, they said, oh, okay, teach me more. So we're okay. trying to do it this way uh, most of the time. We're doing lots of celebrations, so we're having one coming up soon. It's just a day of conscious discipline at MLS. So invite parents and well, children will act out how it looks like. Our morning greetings, our kindness tree, our care basket. So just have a small play and show all that to parents. They come because they want to see the play, yeah. but the play it's about conscious discipline and how it's going. So slowly by indirect ways, we try to to send them the message.
0: Now, once you send them the message or they get the idea of what you're doing, uh, it seems like the majority of them get excited and want to go forward. Mm-hmm. Does anybody go, okay, I'm not, I'm just not going to do that. I'm taking my child out and going to another school.
1: It never happened that they want to take their child out. So the extreme that they would go that at my home, I will continue what I'm doing at school. I'm supporting what you're doing, but at mm-hmm. home I want. So that's, the worst case scenario that we had, but they're telling us, we really believe in what we're doing, we really admire what you're doing, It just in our culture, it does not work. At a park, if my child go and tells someone I don't like it, they will hit my child back, and yes, it will happen, yes, they will hit him back. So we're just trying to send them the message that when they grow up and they're the owner of a company or they work at a bank, if someone did something wrong to them, we don't want them to hit back, we want yeah. them to be able to use their words. Because we're just trying to reflect back. Like, yes, you're using this skill, but in long term, yeah. what do you want for your child? So, and how is it for you?
0: You have a new little baby and yes. and you're going to have another little baby. And another
1: one of the way. So
0: how is that for you? How is conscious discipline for you personally?
1: So my plan with my husband was the moments we are expecting we need to go back to Canada because... For me, it was a different values I want to teach my children until I found my little school that it was exactly where I wanted my baby to grow. So I went back to work when my baby was eight weeks and I never thought that I would do that one day Yeah, because she's too little. But it's the school family and just the arrangement of everything and the nursery and how they care for each individual. It make it like very natural to go back to work when my baby's eight. Like she's with the family. She's not with a stranger. She is really with the family. So even my friends in Canada are like, really, you're doing that? I'm like, it's as if I'm leaving her with a family member and she's beside me. And even now we're expecting a second baby and I'm so happy we're still there because my second baby will go to that nursery. And, uh, and it's fun to see because my 18 months will come to me and we tell telling, stop. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's a trigger how she would tell me, but at the same time, it's very exciting to know that she knows her limits and she knows what she wants and she knows how to use. Even if she did not have words, she have the stop words and with the sign, with the body language. So I'm very, and it's not me who taught her. She got that at school. So it's it's really fun. I'm very happy about that.
0: So even though maybe the culture is not fun for you or outside or, the school, outside the school and the values may be different than yours outside the school. It's it's worth it to you to have your children in that school because you think that might be the best place for them.
1: Yes, it's very multicultural inside. They're having they're applying conscious discipline really in a way. I've googled schools in Canada about conscious discipline. I I couldn't maybe there is, but I couldn't find anything in Montreal. Yes. So I'm like I'm they need to. Conscious discipline needs to be their first language, so I can't take them out now. So we changed. When I got pregnant, I'll tell my husband, now I'm not moving. And he's like, that was our agreement. I'm like, no, (laughs) I didn't know conscious discipline for our agreement. So it's it's fun to see.
0: I met Selwyn many times, uh, the director, Mm -hmm. and now she's moved back over to the United States. So who's in charge now over there?
1: Uh, Just to go back to Selwyn, the first thing she said, my kids miss their conscious discipline school. So even if she's back to the U.S., they only miss being part of conscious discipline. So it's the owner of the school. She's taking over. Uh, She's more present in the school and uh, she's there. Beautiful. Yes.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Any last things, if you were talking to a teacher or a parent, anything Mm -hmm. you'd like to share that we didn't cover?
1: So just even working with the multicultural teachers who's coming from different backgrounds, because even the staff are from different backgrounds, we see lots of resistance. So they will tell me, "I did, I did celebrate them. I did put their names in there. I did." It's not about from the outside to have the structures, like really to believe from inside and respect them. Like I'm telling the teacher, "But you don't have to do it now. It's not about doing." your celebrations right now. It's about you believing why you're doing it. It's not about saying, way to go, you did it. It's about you really, truly believe it and feel it because kids feel it. So it's really respecting uh, the limits of others, especially when they're resisting. Yeah. And then uh, and then gives baby steps.
0: And I like that notion of babysit. So So we have that in the United States, too, where people, you know, kind of, we call it decorate their room, but they haven't made a change inside. So when they're, celebrating a kindness or they notice a kindness, they're really not noticing the kindness. They're trying to catch some child being good to hold him up. So others will emulate them Mm -hmm. as opposed to honoring that child's moment and how precious that was to see you actually from the inside, from within you assist another human. Mm -hmm. So, um, we have that same issue, but it's interesting to note that in another culture, it seems to work. Is that True. Yes.
1: Yes, it is. It is working. And uh, parents are very happy. Even teachers are very happy and excited to learn that. And
0: My thought is a lot of people say, well, what about the culture part? What about the culture? And I'm saying if you have a brain and we all have a brain and our brain works kind of a, a certain way, then it you can tweak it to fit whatever you'd like. Would you agree with that statement?
1: Yes. And what's really helped us, like, really, to explain to parents how you're all part. So we, when we do greetings, we're not doing it only for the child. Whoever walks with the child, the nanny, the mom, we greet them too. So like, you're all part of our family. So the moments they feel we belong to your school and to your family, there there is less resistance. Yeah. Um, so that was helpful.
0: Thank you, and you're good luck welcome. with your new baby and Thank your family. Thank you very family. much.
1: Thank you very much. Wow. I
0: hope you guys listening enjoyed that conversation as much as I did being involved in it. So what's Becky up to? Well, interesting enough, I'm working on an international project again. So I'm off to South Africa, Cape Town, to be the keynote speaker and a couple of breakouts for the International Association for School Principals. So I'm so looking forward to that. It's taken a little bit of preparation, but it's an exciting opportunity. So what am I celebrating? Well, it's the month of March, so I'm celebrating my birthday. And I have a wonderful office family that surprised me today with my favorite coconut cake and a little song. And in the midst of all that, we decided, well, let's go outside and make a little circle and see without talking, saying not a word, if we could line up in order from oldest to youngest. Now, at that time, I knew I was the oldest, and and that was somewhat of a depressing sight in the circle. It wasn't my best moment, but we did pretty good. We lined up, and we had uh, three 60s, three in the 50s, three in the 40s, six in the 30s. I mean, it was really nicely balanced. And then the excitement happened. Here comes Sophie, one of our office dogs, comes running in and asked, how old is Sophie? And lo and behold, I was no longer the oldest in the office, and we all shifted one space to the right, and Sophie was the oldest, and my birthday became brighter and happier than it's ever been. Until next time, I wish you well. For more episodes of Real Talk with Real Teachers by Dr. Becky Bailey, visit ConsciousDiscipline.com forward slash podcasts. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app.